welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, featuring the open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons staring down the barrel of entertainment irrelevance. I am your co-host, Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, and I am joined, as always, by this guy. I am Noah Tarno of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show spectacular. Coming off a uh, break, and uh, before we get our show started, I just want to throw some programming notes out there. Uh, we do have an interruption coming up again. I figured I'd lead off with this because, uh, as has been intimated on social media, on the online world, I am relocating to the wonderful city of Canals. I am moving from Manhattan to Amsterdam, from old Amsterdam, no, from new Amsterdam to old Amsterdam. Yes. That's what I should say. And, and this is not a joke, as ridiculous as this sounds, Bill and his wife are actually doing this. Ridiculous. Fancy that. I presume we're going to need to take two weeks off. Uh, So I think we're going to have a gap of two weeks in September before we get things restarted. I'm not promising that we will get exactly back on the ball instantly. That is what I'm presuming. So maybe you will see us. uh, I think we're going to wind up uh, not having an episode on, let's see, to be precise, the 9th at least, Monday the 9th episode. They don't don't care, Bill. They don't care. doesn't matter. All right. They don't care. I just kind (laughs) of... Right, you you anyway. have to introduce the concept that podcasting has not reached the Netherlands yet. You have to introduce that concept to them. You'll be very busy plugging holes and dams for your first few weeks there. Yeah, the bitch of it, I have to invent podcasting first in Europe. Yes, and exactly. then I have to yes. publish our show on top of that. Yes. Um, anyway, so we're just putting that out there. Uh, beware. There will be an in, in interrupt us. But when, when we rejoin uh, uh, you guys. Beware. It will be, you know, it'll be completely filled with uh, cheese and tulips. It's going to be a great new show. <laughs> Be surprised. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Anyway, so uh, our topic this week. Ah! Uh, Noah Tarno is is exhibiting his early ire and his uh, fatigue ah! with it. Yeah, that's not that's not a happy sound. I know you've you've listened to this guy long enough to know that that is the sound of ire. We are talking about a young man named Mark Edward Fishbach, better known as Markiplier. Which I thought at first was Markipiller, like, like a, caterpillar. Yeah, like a worm, it, like a segmented right, worm. But it's Markiplier, which it just. I make it makes me like him even less because it's just like nonsense syllables thrown together. Well, right? I, I have to assume, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe that the word Mark, the name Markiplier is his first name, and it's a portmanteau rather of the word multiplier, which is a game oh. feature, right? It's like I think oh. it's like it's like a point okay. crank up. I, I don't know where All you'd right. find a game, but there that's, are certain that's yeah. slightly better. Okay. Fine. All right. So good. We. And that's this week's episode, everybody. Join us next week. <laughs> We're done. Goodbye. Slightly better than the worst thing ever. So Markiplier. Uh, Markiplier is somebody who was on our radar, I think I put out maybe a year or so ago, because this dude's been out there for a little while now. YouTube influencer, YouTube celebrity, video content guy. We've done a few guys like this. The last internet influencer person personality we talked about was Belle Delphine. Right. Who I mean, completely different ballgame, because Belle Delphine is skirting the lines of what you would consider, you know, lascivious sort of uh, sex posting and stuff like that. Right, and Th- at least she has interesting ideas. Yeah, this dude, this is more like Smosh we're talking about. Here's oh. here's an entertainment concern, a sort of uh, concern. <laughs> a person 
who is on YouTube as his primary base of exhibition for a number of different types of products he puts out video-wise. Anyway, so he, he's an American YouTuber, as I said. He's originally from Honolulu, uh, and I think he grew up in the States in Ohio, and he began his career in Cincinnati doing uh, videos and stuff like that. Career in quotes. Career in quotes. He was uh, in school somewhere. He, I mean, he was one of these guys that was on a really serious track, an academic track. He was set up to become a biomedical engineer, almost like a, I don't know if that's pre-med or chemistry or some mixture, but either way, it was serious business. The guy dropped out of school in Cincinnati to do this. He somehow said, okay, uh, medical school or, or, or pre-med or whatever it is, is is a flash in the pan. I'm going to give that all up for the for the sure thing of being a YouTube celebrity. This I don't get what planet we live on. I don't understand what they breathe for air there. Who, who knows know. how long this medicine fad is going to last? This is like Mr. Meexitoplick, Noah, which is like, we're going to have to get this guy to say his name backwards because we're living in the fifth dimension. I honestly have no idea. So he, he drops out of uh, biomed school, and, and this is the weird thing. It's like, I get, I get that it's a lark, but he makes it work. How does He it's makes $17.5 million a year, this idiot. It's a fucking crapshoot. I mean, people, where does that money come from? I, am, I I don't get it. I know where it comes Literally. from. It, it comes from it comes from YouTube itself. YouTube is cut him in as a partner, so YouTube is giving him a dividend of Jesus. the views because he's he drives so many views that he literally earns that outright with an agreement. People have different agreements for the most part. I know a lot of people on YouTube who move a lot of units in terms of views, don't make a damn dime off it. So the, the seventeen million is a whole different ballgame. I mean, maybe he gets cut in from other things too. I don't know where, where every single dime he makes comes from, but you don't have access. To his, his, no, to his I didn't. Books. Right, I, I got rid of his taxes after I did them right. for the last quarter. <laughs> so as of June of this year, uh, his his channel has over 11 billion total views. Right, Jesus, tw- come on, 24 million subscribers. That's where you Ugh. get. That's where you get all that money from. You may ask yourself, what is it that this guy does? Like, why are we talking about him? Well, the now, I'd say, the reason why we're talking about him now is because there was a New York Times article. He, it was sort of like one of those 48 <laughs> hours with dot, 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 where they were track, tracking his life, almost like diary style, where he was talking about what he did through the, you know, through a couple of days in life of a hectic, busy YouTuber. But for the most part, he does uh, Let's Play videos, which are playthroughs, yeah. which was a topic on this channel. We talked about that before. And he does a lot of things where he does like survival horror games. Yeah, which, he likes horror and in indie games or the nexus of it gives him a chance to act out loudly and to embellish the sort of uh, getting knocked out of your chair by thrills and chills and spills and bloopers and bleeps and practical jokes and all those things. Like, I think that his, his charisma is based on the fact that he's a loud performer who gets scared during these games. And so that was where he started off doing, his, doing game things. And I think he stretched into just vlogging what I would consider yeah. vlogging and it was you're getting a slice of life stuff and then his vlogging made its way into more uh, formal content where he was making what you'd call short form video stuff that was narrative and he still does a little of all these three things at, at the same time but it looks like his larger grand mall projects now are short features that are chopped up into sometimes 15 minute or 30 minute chunks but they're larger ideas that involve him and other YouTube celebrities sort of acting out roles and exchanging favors on each other's channels it's an, you know the, the Los Angeles ecosystem I mean I should specify the whole Ohio thing 
was short-lived. He moved to Los Angeles and then became part of the um, the giant honeycomb incubator of YouTube celebrities where all these guys live in the same town. They all collaborate on each other's videos. And it, it's a very sort of sun-drenched California fabrication of a fantasy life where all these guys just pretty much live down the road. They all know each other and hang out and, and go get cappuccino with each other. And that's a little bit of the fantasy he's selling, I think. I, I, so I think that's that's a, a start off. Noah, I mean, I, I really would like to dig into um, your dyspepsia. Unless you have anything to add first, I want to hear what you think. I, I, I mean, yeah, it sounds like the bread and butter was the, the let's play videos, which I guess are a form of playthroughs. You know, I was reading about this, like there's the other form. It's like, all right, here's how you win or here's guiding you through it. But this is more just about his reactions. You know, they don't you don't get a better understanding of the game watching him. And then, yeah, he drifted into just he himself as a brand. So he could just talk about what he had a video that a lot of people paid attention to. The New York Times thing um, referenced it, his quote unquote existential crisis. And now he I'm sure he would just call himself a comedian. This is awful. This is just I, I, I'm going <laughs> to let it be said here. I don't get it. Here's the thing about this guy, and, and this is in concert with some of the other quote-unquote influencers or YouTubers we talked about. Belle Delphine, Jimmy Fallon is the TV version of that. I can't think of the other examples. There was one we did, what were we doing not long ago, where I said like, oh, I finally understand. Oh, it's James Charles. James Charles. Mm -hmm. uh, like that. There's nothing professional about this guy. I watched 45 minutes worth of videos with this guy, and I'm not exaggerating. I didn't hear one funny joke. Not only did I hear one funny joke, I don't think I barely heard a joke. I mean, you might think the Let's Play videos are like MST3K, right? Mystery Science Theater 3000, remember that? Sure, sure. I love that. And for those who don't know, the gimmick with that it started in, well, it started locally in the late 80s, but it was a big hit in Comedy Central in the early 90s. You're watching an old cheesy sci-fi movie, and there are these robots and people, shadows at the bottom, commenting on it, right? And they're making jokes and they're making fun of it. So it's like sitting around with your friends, making fun of a movie, but your friends are professional comedians who wrote it and rewrote it and studied it and all that. And it was very funny. And a lot of it was the thing went on two hours and it, it ebbed and flowed. But this guy, he's not making jokes. He's just going, oh, wow. Wow, that violence is unnecessary. Oh, okay, if that's what you want to do. It's like sitting around with your amusing friends, but that's it. There's no effort to make it beyond your amusing friend. You know, something I've said about Jimmy Fallon a lot is Jimmy Fallon is the, the, the apex of mediocrity, as contradictory as that sounds. And I say he is the, he's like the funniest guy in the high school talent show, which is like, all right, that's good, but that's the high school talent show. Markiplier is the funniest guy in the high school talent show in the town of 200 people in Alaska. Markiplier is just, he's charming and he's cute. I'm sure that does something. And he's got this kind of interesting voice. Like, I think this guy should take a career in uh, voiceover acting because yeah, he's got a sure. good voice. It's That's the only talent that this guy has evinced to me is that he's got a good voice. And, you know, we did a video where he's drawing his life story. His life story isn't even that interesting. I moved when I was five. Then I broke my arm jumping off the steps. Does that deserve $17.5 million a year? Fuck no. This is so mediocre. There's nothing to it. And then when he does these comedy videos, 15 minutes of him making mashed potatoes in a bathtub, there's, there's nothing here. There's no joke. You know, I say this a lot. Part of my problem with a lot of modern comedy is that you have a funny idea. Great. What's next? The good comedians ask themselves, what's next? Let's take it to the next level. The key and peels of the world. The Bo Burnhams of the world, right? Some of the people we talked about who I think are very good comedians. This is a problem I would see a lot on modern SNL. Like a lot of SNL sketches are like, funny idea, throw it out there. Well, what about polishing it? He doesn't even have the funny idea. He has the funny impulse. 
he's like a bad improviser. He's like the improviser who gets laughs because he's just jumping around on stage and he's a cute magnetic guy. And the concepts are unoriginal. Like he does these videos like try to make me laugh and would you rather? Those are ancient ideas in the comedy world. He's got this alter ego, Darka Plier. And Darka Plier talks about the upside down. Like fucking A, like you're ripping off Stranger Things now? Like you can't even rip off something from 10 years ago. You got to rip off something from two years ago. Like it's... <laughs> And, and again, I'm sorry, kids do not have a short attention span. If they're watching 20 videos, each one 10 minutes long, of Markiplier not laughing at unfunny videos he finds on YouTube. There are some decent production values to some of these videos, but they're very basic. And he'll tell stories and he'll say the wrong word. I was like, sorry, I meant this. As I said about James Charles, I'm having a new understanding of these people that the whole point is that they're unpolished. The whole point is that they're like your friends sitting around with you and they're not like a professional entertainer. And that's what's appealing to them. Now, I have some other things to say about that concept in terms of whether this is a sign of the apocalypse. But let me just say, this guy is like low talent even compared to James Charles. I can't disagree with the things you're saying about the ah! the, the level of his craft in craft. watching his videos and sort of reading about him. I actually started to like the guy as a person. And then it occurred to me, which seems like a obvious epiphany to anybody that you're right the unpolished relatable older brother type down the block kind of friend mold is what the youtube guys all these los angelinos that's how this is built it's designed for you to see someone who is raw someone like the smosh guys who were not funny but they looked common to you and i think markiplier fits in very comfortably in that, yeah, you know what? He doesn't have jokes. He doesn't have punchlines. He's got goofy personality. He's got good energy. He's got this incredibly honeyed, sonorous voice. He's got a square jaw. He's a very handsome dude. And obviously, I think he seems very intelligent. I think, you know, if... if what I didn't he seems I mean, to have put some of his fame and money towards some good char charitable yeah, causes. Yeah, I mean, that is... I will give him a lot of credit for that. But, yeah, that, that's a big you know, deal. But let's give that $17.5 million to... If that's the standard, there are a lot more deserving people of success. Let's be honest. Uh, all right. So I, I said he's a smart guy. I think it, being out of academia aside, his targeted approach to hitting a career and somehow making it into a success, it does indicate this level of um, hunger and an intelligence in how to do it. So he understood how to build himself into a brand. Obviously, you can't predict 24 million subscribers and 17 billion views, but you know, you can essentially make yourself do fairly well, and he just has exceeded that. You know, what bothers you, and I can understand that, and it, to a degree it bothers me too, is that there is a lack of training. In the old days... Every consultant is wrong. This guy has evidence that every professional marketing consultant is wrong. There are rules that apply to you and everybody you know, and then there's a whole separate set of rules that apply to other people who, you know, there's exceptions made all over the place, so it's completely hypocritical. Right. Now, I think Markiplier is a smart guy, his training all came on the job. He just had the th idea that he wanted to do stuff. He knew what he thought was funny. He just started doing it, you know, without a sort of rigorousness, a system around him, some sort of schooling, whether he went to UCB in L.A., whether he trained in Chicago or I, I mean, again, you don't have to do these things. But I'm saying this is the version of it that I've seen that has made success. That's how you get good at things. And that's how you build yourself into a real comedian. I can see that he is almost like stuck in first gear. He's got some conceptual things. And, and his idea of wanting to get, go into filmmaking 
that to me reminds me of Bo Burnham, where I would not think that the dude singing cute songs at a piano about being a teenager had another gear like eighth grade in him. Well, I think Bo Burnham is the person we could describe as talented. Yeah. And And I I think Markiplier might be skilled in certain ways, but I see no evidence that he's talented. Markiplier's made a lot of stuff. I mean, I think there's a difference between doing videos with uh, the YouTube backing and all that money around you. And then so Bo Burnham, who actually had to go hack out his act on the road. Bo Burnham had to go flop in front of people. Bo Burnham had to do comedy as a young man. And, you know, he, he too put the thousands of hours of research into it to become an actual bona fide comedian. I have a feeling that what you see from Markiplier is more or less what you're going to get. You're just It's going to become more complex, but I don't necessarily see the taste level or, or the dynamism of it changing that much. Now, I watched a, a few long. He did this series called Who Killed Markiplier? It came out earlier this year. It was almost like Clue or Murder Mystery. You have a character who's, who's essentially the camera who's not speaking and all the characters are sort of coming in and they're dressed like Clue characters. You know, one's wearing a Deerstalker hat. One looks like, oh, the, the captain who's wearing a pith helmet looks like a safari guy. One guy's wearing the sort of velvet coat uh, with a cigar, the cigarette holder, and he's the host of the evening. And one guy winds up dead and everybody has to figure out who killed the guy. And it's all done in like one cut, essentially. It's it's mimicked to look like one giant cut. But it's a pretty clever idea. It's like you're doing a live action version of Clue. I'll give him credit for doing things like that. And I can see that's really where he wanted to go with this. He wants to make long form content. What we used to call, Noah, TV episodes. If, <laughs> if you can go that far back. Yes, if you can cast your mind to the ancient past. Right. So I, I don't love his work, but I think I can appreciate where he is going with it. Fuck that! What was that? So those sounds are the sounds of the little jibber-jabbers behind me. I don't know what that is. Do I have a dog? And... And why is dog no come protect me? Okay, so the first night is never usually that bad in any of the games, so I'll play through- What the fuck?! Why? Dear God, why is Markiplier so popular. He looks the part, and sometimes that's all you might need to do. And I know that sounds like I'm running him down. If he was listening to this, I wouldn't want to insult him just because I, I... It's like the Brady Bunch where uh, Greg becomes Johnny Bravo and he replaces <laughs> his voice. He's like, why? Like, you fit the jacket. Something like that. I mean, Brady does. Bunch, folks. Time, all the, the hottest cultural references on this show. He's a handsome 30-year-old guy. He lives in Los Angeles. All his friends. It looks like he lives in a giant colony with all these other dudes who I don't know who the hell they are. And I um, don't care. He's got a great voice. He is pretty charismatic as far as these things go. He built his brand at the right time. That's what I'm saying. That The intelligence yeah. of figuring out that people were going to watch games on YouTube and that when they were watching the games, what he tended to do during those games would become the lingua franca. But of, there's no lingua there. Well, there is, he's but it's... Not- saying anything. He's not saying anything, but apparently what he's saying, or what he's not saying, or however he's not saying it, is what people want to hear. This is what people want? Do it yourself, man! This is what You can go, oh, wow! You can do that yourself. Believe in yourself, America. I will also quote Noah Tarno in saying that he won the viral lottery. Yes! Oh my god, yes! Obviously a part of it. You can't talk about someone with this level of success at this kind of, what I would say, a middling skill set, to start off with at least, unless you really got the three cherries on the machine. And he did. That's it. I think it's pretty simple. I mean, do you have anything to add, disagree, take away, etc.? I'm sort of agreeing with you here. I mean, viral lottery, yes, but also he's blandly like I mean, this is the Jimmy Fallon thing is like he's not controversial in any way. I mean, I guess if you read about his political viewpoints, 
you know, he's a lefty, so good on him. So yeah. I'm sure that might turn off some morons. The production values are competent without being, you know, challenging. Blandly likable wins a lot of the time, unfortunately. I don't like that it wins to this level, and I don't like how little there is behind the bland likableness. There, there's a level that you have to have competence in my mind to to earn any of my respect and he has none of that so the bland likableness i get it like people that satisfies some need in people but it's it's such a low level of satisfying that that it's just it's really sad so viral lottery and yeah i mean look he's he's if you gotta give him if he's got talent for anything he's not talent but skill at you're right being right place right time knowing what people want delivering it in a reasonably competent manner but that's it. People were demanding that I document the process behind my wisdom tooth removal. So my wisdom teeth are, as the professionals would say, fucked. Noah Turner, would you have liked this brand somehow more when you were a young man? Yes. In fact, I might have loved Markiplier. If I were a young man now, I'd almost certainly be more into video games than I am. But, you know, if I were the age of my nephews are 15 now. I'm sure I love video games. What I would have liked about Markiplier is remembering when I was a kid, I had a fantasy of being this character who could market myself and be loved just for doing my regular day-to-day shtick. I had a brief fantasy of like getting the Tonight Show back when it was Johnny Carson to put me on the air just to talk to Johnny and somehow I'd be incredibly entertaining just talking. If I had managed to lie my way onto that show, it would have bombed because I would have had nothing to say. You know, it was just this idea of being, I wouldn't even have to try, I could just talk and people would love that. You know, just would it, the garbage that came out of my mouth day to day without thinking about it would be entertaining in its own right. Now, I think deep down I knew I didn't have that skill, but I fantasized about having that skill. So Markiplier would, would have been an aspirational thing for me. I would have looked at him. He's cute. He probably gets a lot of girls. All right, now it can. Although it sounds like he's been with the same girlfriend for a long time. Yeah, that just I'd be this handsome, smooth, likable seemingly decent guy who is just beloved for just doing his thing you know just having fun and living life it occurred to me while i was watching this guy and and from all the times we talked about youtube and and uh, how easy it is to publicize oneself i am more convinced now than ever before that if we were children today if we were of this age you would be all over youtube and i think that you would have found you would have broken your comedy bones and reset them in a way that you would have figured out how to make that work I, i'm almost- no way no way no you're wrong and here's the thing <laughs> when you met me I was a stand-up, right? Yeah. I was. I wanted to be famous. I wanted to be on SNL, all of that. I mean, maybe I would have made these videos. You know, the, the corresponding thing to my career was I would have made these videos. I would have gotten hardly any views, but I would have discovered skills of how to make corporate videos or something. And I would have made a healthy career doing that, right? Yeah, I could see that. Sure. That would make more sense. Now, mm-hmm. again, who knows? You're right. We would have broken my bones and reset them. I'd be a very different person with very different skills and very different talents and all that. So maybe the road would have taken me. I would have discovered something that would appeal to a wide mass public audience. But I don't see any fucking evidence for that. So this has been Bill trying to build up my ego and me tearing myself down. This is a dynamic that the show has devolved into. Let me just close this segment out by saying, yeah. if, would I have liked it or not? I think I would have watched this as a young as a young person to understand the lingua, again, the lingua franca of the universe. I would have wanted to have been on a joke. I think, I don't think I would have understood why it was popular <laughs> when, for instance, you have something like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood out there to enjoy, which seems like, uh, even when I was a teenager, I think I probably would have more gravitated to that. But I would have watched this guy just to sort of be in on 
what everybody else because you can't tell a kid to turn his nose up at a trend or a fad but it's like we'll be he doesn't understand it and feels left out by it and that right. would have been that would have been me hello hi, hi everybody how's it going now you know how last time i um subjected you to horrors on reddit <laughs> Horrors, not yeah, horrors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was bad very stuff. Traumatic. Traumatic. My mom has been traumatized oh. and she will never forgive me. Is the success, the popularity, the financial windfall experienced by Markiplier a sign of the impending apocalypse of mankind? I'm gonna say no. And the thing is, if you would have asked me two years ago, I might have had a different um answer for this if but we have sampled the soup so often here and seen exactly how this works that i'm not surprised anymore and not only that i think i've become more accustomed and I, i'm beginning to understand the little curlicues of the world that we're investigating on this show the youtube world the influencer world and so again he struck me as not he, he struck me as being you know not exactly a terrible person a loathsome person to spend some time with certainly light on comedy light on entertainment as i would regard it but not the worst thing in the world and somehow how does that figure into millions of dollars and billions of views i can't quite connect the dots from here to there However, I don't think it's a part of the apocalypse because, like you know, like you said before, he actually turns out to be a pretty good guy behind the scenes. He's an avowed liberal. He gives a lot of money and does a lot of fundraising for a lot of like decent charities, things that you actually give a shit about. It's sad that kids, you know, make a wish foundation. Kids want to meet with Markiplier, but it's nice that you know it sounds like he makes time for them. So. Yeah, yeah, sure. And he's, he's, yeah. he's made sure a lot of money. I mean, I don't hear about other people. You know, Belle Delphine's not raising money for a local cancer <laughs> ward somewhere in England. It's you know that's not what's happening. Now, I'm not trying to shoot down Belle Delphine. I'm just saying it's it's. I'm making a hyperbolic example. This guy puts his money where his mouth is. He he almost seems to be more mature for a thirty two a thirty year old dude. And uh, it's like I'll give him that. So I don't see the apocalyptic part of it only because I think I trust him as a guy or. You know, not necessarily as a guy, as a human being. He seems like not a destructive force on Earth, and he seems to have good morals and values. So I will give him the benefit of the doubt as just a human being. It's not that you're wrong. It's that your argument is irrelevant. As a guy, fine. He's not a sign of the apocalypse. But his art is almost as apocalyptic as it gets for our show. What we've learned doing this show about the YouTubers and the influencers, etc., is that the the appeal of them is that they seem like your buddy. Hey, guys, you know, that thing. And essentially what they represent, and this guy more than possibly anyone else we've looked at, is the outsourcing of human connection. That instead of having friends, people to hang out with, you now have celebrities, you yeah. know, yeah, I mean, true. this that's started true. decades ago with celebrities. They're just like us. You know, this idea that we give a shit that Liam Hemsworth and Miley Cyrus broke up. He's like your friend. And like now your friend is is someone who's paid to be your friend. I mean, how awful is that? And then the other side of it is that, you know, I've said this a lot, like, yeah, this mediocre talent, like, it's fine, who cares, you know, but when they win the Mark Twain prize, then we have problems. You know, when they're held up as the greatest of the greats, then our cultural criticism has fallen to a low level. And that's another apocalyptic aspect of this, is like, when this guy is considered talented, when his work is considered art, the, the cultural standards have sunk to a level that leads us to you know, thinking Donald Trump is a strong person or, or a credible person in any way. Like, th this is the problem with when culture standards sink. There's also, I would say, to get even more apocalyptic about it, there's a worrying sign for 
industry and economy and employment when every expert ever on marketing is proved wrong, when just throwing bullshit out there and playing video games and not thinking about it is something that generates tens of millions of dollars. And, and, and spawns hordes of imitators as right. well. Right. The, the death of expertise, everyone whose job is, is providing expertise or knowledge is basically proved wrong. So th- this is apocalypse on so many levels. It's the death of real human connection. It's the death of human expertise. It's the death of art. Of art. I mean, dear God, the flames of hell are licking at our feet for every dollar that Markiplier makes. We are fucked. Oh, there you are, old friend. How are you settling into your new office? Now, I know it'll take some getting used to, but there's no one I would rather have alongside me to protect this great city of ours. Now, I'll see you at the table soon, but try not to rob me blind again. We'll catch up. No, Turner, let's talk about the subject of envy. Is there a <laughs> free song of envy with uh, with you and this guy? Sure. Yeah, like I said, I wanted to, you know, Johnny Carson to bring me on, and I wanted to be the most hilarious guy in America just for doing jack shit. And I, I think I realized I didn't have those skills, and I certainly didn't realize, didn't, didn't strategically figure out how to get them. Now, look, maybe he's got some behind-the-scenes savvy that you seem to think he has. I'm not so sure. I mean, he said in that New York Times article, the big quote was like, I just play video games and talk about it. There's not much to it. That's a great quote, yeah. Right. We talked about this a lot when we talked about EDM, these guys who just like fiddle on their computer for 20 minutes and then get worshipped and get paid tens of millions of dollars. These people know they're not doing much. They don't work hard. They don't practice. They don't study. One of the things I like about stand-up comedy is I think most stand-up comedians have that attitude. And it it tends to lead to the cream rising to the top. This guy, there's, there's, I'm jealous in that he could just do, fart out his latest bullshit idea and people love him for it. A lot of that is just natural, I don't want to say talent, natural skill. The fact that he's cute, I'm sure that goes a long way. The fact that he likes what people like. No, I'm jealous. I wish I were were that in tune with other people. I also wish I, doing this stuff, maybe enough money to buy, I don't know what kind of car this guy has, but I don't own a car at all. So there you go. What about you? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I have to... Yeah, I definitely have to uh, cough up some jealousy here. I mean, we've talked about his square jaw, talk about his charisma, talk about his voice. He looks to me like uh, what, what do they call those guys? A Chad, you know, with a sort of the alpha dude. He, yeah, he, he yeah. looks a little. I mean, he is like this very handsome dude. He's got a lot of success. Obviously, commands a lot of sway and is loved by millions of people and is celebrated and gets pretty much a blank check to do what he wants and he lives out in Los Angeles. Of course, I'm jealous. I mean, this is what kind of everybody wants. There's a thing when you're looking at a dude who is thinner and, you know, more baritone than me and all those things. There's also something primal where I feel inferior a little bit, not just because he's got all this money, but because he just looks like more of a physical specimen. I could certainly cop to saying, you know what, Noah, I would not have been unhappy being a, a famous person on YouTube at the age of 21, just like you. I just don't, I didn't fixate on being an entertainer as a career, but I like being entertaining. Um, so, you know, I don't ever see myself having done something like this. But the fact is that he managed to work it out. Yes. Yeah. There's some cleverness to it. You know, I got to give the guy credit and that he picked a shot. Oh. He called the shot and he, he made it. He made the shot. So uh, but aren't deal. there so many people who, I know, life isn't about what you deserve. But, like, so many people who work so much harder and are so much smarter and are so much more charitable and are certainly so much more talented. And this guy... Like, the fact that we fucking even know his name is ridiculous. Remember what Clint Eastwood said in The Unforgiven? Deserving's got nothing to do with it. That is one of the bitterest lessons of life, I will tell you, and adulthood and all that. And 
Our final metric is the Fallonian scale, uh, yeah. where on the scale of Jimmy Fallon to the top of all of our topics, we might in fact find uh, Markiplier, Mark Edward Fishback uh, to fall in the spectrum. He's and, below uh, Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon's more polished than he is. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Fallon's ideas are like, hey, eating ramen with, you know, whichever celebrity this is, right? Right. At least have some elements of originality to them. This guy is, like I said, if Jimmy Fallon's the most talented guy in the high school talent show, in Cleveland, Markiplier is the most talented guy in the high school talent show in Sitka, Alaska, right? <laughs> it's a beautiful beautiful city It's Sitka, Alaska. I'm sure it's physically beautiful, uh, but it has like seven people. And this is a problem. Even Jimmy Fallon, you know, he, he's he's the polished version of this bullshit. Where, and, and if we get to a point where, where Markiplier is like more successful than Jimmy Fallon, then we're really fucked. If we start, if you start yearning for the days of, of real talented showmen like Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> if Markiplier gets to be the chairman of Viacom, I guess, then we're living in that well, horrible Well, then future. he's behind the scenes. It's fine. No, if Markiplier is, you know, if, the Mark Twain, if it's the Markiplier Award instead of the Mark Twain Award. All right, how about this? On the basis of a guy who has a temperature of the room, he's got some natural talent, he's got beauty appeal... And I don't think he has natural talent. Some natural talent. Okay, I'm just okay, saying. Fine. And, say and so. his particular thing, taste-wise, and sort of constructionally, if that's a word, evades me. I would that to me describes of all the weird people. Maybe this is a flying fuck. I I, I pick Adam Levine a little bit because there is something where I'm I'm kind of left scratching. Huh? This guy is that famous? No. Huh? Adam I, I think Levine Adam Levine's is, got a ton more talent than this. Guy. Adam Levine is more nakedly sexual. I think that you can sort of explain his his sort of sleazy, slim L.A. tattoo charm. Uh, is is more of a direct line. That's why he's doing what he's doing. He's making he's making you know uh, p- power pop. For girls. It's not for, power pop. That's not power pop. That's where he sort of lands on the scale a little bit. I mean, you could, I could make the easy connection to Smosh, but I don't know if Smosh, yes. um, you know, like, I don't know. I haven't bumped into Smosh at all since we talked about them. So I don't I know. I literally haven't thought about them at all. Well, no, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think anything left to say. I think we got this. <laughs> We're done. We're fucking with finished. Now, now so, do you think you will hear about Markiplier in the future? Uh, it's possible. Or will he be like Smosh? I think I'll hear about him because I, I watch a lot of YouTube. So I think that I will come across Markiplier in one form or another. Comes for out. Sure. Yes. You're a YouTube hype beast. I'm a YouTube hype beast. All I'm right. a sneaker pimp on YouTube. Exactly. All right. So take us home, my friend. Everybody, if you would like to find past episodes of our show, look on Apple Podcasts, look on SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill Don't Get It at gmail.com. I am on Twitter, at William Scurry, all the goddamn time. You will find me there. Look on YouTube, because I, too, am a uh, well-paid, square-jawed, yes, honey-toned exactly. uh, commentariat. You on... look just like Markiplier, too. I do. I'm slightly less Korean than he is. That's yes. the thing. Uh, I am on YouTube at youtube.com slash amcaesar, and I am in the waning days of releasing my 10-episode video series, a series of essays on film topics. Uh, last week I put out an essay on uh, called Greenlight This, where I furnished you with the uh, raw materials, cast and crew, and maybe light concept for a huge movie, and I asked you whether or not you would greenlight it, and uh, I had a lot of fun making that episode. Uh, so anyway, take a look at that on YouTube, and I pass the baton over to Noah Tarno right now. 
Uh, Big Quiz Thing. That is my company, bigquizthing.com. Corporate and private trivia events nationwide, nay, worldwide. And um, I guess this is exciting news. We are we are uh, doing, uh, we don't do events open to the public very often, but this fall will be an exception. We have a series starting, for those of you in New York, we have a series starting at QED in Queens, a uh, fantastic local venue. Uh, we will be doing uh, various states in October, November, and December. Four themed team trivia spectaculars uh, during Comic-Con. We'll be doing DC versus Marvel, we're calling it. Then a couple days before Halloween, Halloween quiz. Uh, November, uh, concordant with the release of Frozen 2, a Disney-themed quiz. And then in December, of course, uh, some movie called The, the Revenge of Sky Killer or something like that. We're doing a Star Wars <laughs> quiz themed quizzes not usually our bread and butter but we're giving it a shot and uh, of course with all the big quiz thing quality you have come and should come to expect and then in san francisco also uh the newly very hotly anticipated uh, salesforce park the raised outdoor park in the middle of financial district in san francisco uh we're gonna be doing some outdoor quiz events starting october 16th i believe and those will be for the most part hosted by me and those are free to attend uh, so learn more about these things at BigQuizThing.com. Details are trickling out here and there. And, of course, around all the social media at BigQuizThing. Thank you! All right. Well, uh, that is it. And uh, until the mashed potato bathtub is taught alongside the works of William Styron, uh, I don't think we get it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2019.